Welcome to Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. Casey Phillips and Scott Smith here. And this is where we take all of your questions and especially this time of year when there are no players in the <laughs> building, essentially nothing questions, happening. Please. Questions, please, because we don't have a ton of news to report. But this is kind of the cool time of year for the show is we just get to talk about what you guys are wondering, you know, all the different topics of coming up on training camp and the regular season, some of the position battles. Uh, so as we give a chance for people to start submitting some of these things, we've already got a lot of people telling us where they're watching from, Good, which we, we like love mm. hearing. There are people all over the country, which is always so fun. Oh, man, I didn't turn my volume down <laughs> on my phone. If anybody heard that, Feedback. that's my bad. Um, so, yeah, we want to hear all of your questions. So um, one of them I already saw is uh, Kevin had asked uh, when you think before we'll actually sign Devin White. And then I've seen some questions overall about um, signing the rookie class in general. So what are some of the factors that go into signings like that? Yeah, I think it could be. It's possible that the last two guys who haven't signed, Devin White and Jamel Dean, don't actually get it done until shortly before training camp, simply because everybody's gone right now. And it's just – these rookie contracts aren't that difficult anymore. Um, there's only, you know, I saw an article the other day, there's like 30 or 40 guys around the league that aren't signed yet because they're fairly slotted. Um, you know, there's there's not a lot of, they're all going to be four years or if they're first round pick, then they get an optional fifth, you know, a team option for the fifth year. So there's not a lot of structural stuff you have to worry about. Um, some teams and players in the past have had trouble with um, offset language and stuff like that. But, it's not that complicated. It's a little tougher with a fifth overall pick because you're talking about a, a pretty, you know, a more sizable amount of money there. But just because nobody's around right now, neither player nor mo most of our personnel department, you know, they're getting some well-deserved vacations right now. It could be a while until it actually happens, but that's not a reason to worry. Right. The Buccaneers haven't had a rookie holdout of any significance since Trent Dilfer in 1994. It just and of course since the new CBA in 2011, it's been almost you know it's been non-existent so right. i wouldn't worry about it even though it could take a little while simply because nobody's working on it right now yeah that's a great point um all right we had a question from latre who says they're watching from upland california cool what is a non-divisional game you're looking forward to most and why where's upland uh north of downland <laughs> not bad thanks <laughs> maybe they'll tell us dad jokes on point today. yeah there you go um yeah, I, well, a couple come right to mind. One of them is Arizona because of the Bruce Arians connection. I'm sure there'll be some, you know, coaches always say that that doesn't matter to them. You know, like when when Lovey got the job and we played Chicago and, you know, when we played Atlanta with Dirk Cutter. But I think it matters probably a little bit, even if they won't say it. So there could be some emotion to that one. And then right. the very first one, San Francisco. I mean, that's an interesting team. And, of course, it's Quan Alexander coming back here. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Did I get that right? Garoppolo. Garoppolo. I yeah. always get his name wrong. It's hard to spell, too. There's like. It's like Mississippi. There's a lot. Of <laughs> and O's where you think there should be A's yeah. and things like that. Uh, you know, he missed most of last season with an injury, but before that, he looked like the golden boy, right? Yeah. And so it'll be interesting. I just think that's a really interesting team overall. I think for me, I might. One of them, of course, is the Rams. I, I just feel like that. I mean, I have a personal history yeah, there, sure. but also I just feel like getting to play a team that was in the Super Bowl is always fun the year That's after. Um, but I also weirdly am looking forward to Jacksonville just seeing a little bit of the new look of like with Nick Foles and yeah. just what that could look like. That just to me is a very interesting and like that defense talks so much and it just something about That's that true. team this year. I feel like it could be an entertaining and thing. And the we good news is we broke our Nick Foles curse last year when, right. we, when we beat them. Before that, exactly. Nick Foles had so many good games <laughs> against us. That's Yeah, that's <laughs> but, a really uh, good point. But we got him last year. I, I have a personal history with the Rams, too, because they abandoned my city. <laughs> and you're not bitter at all. <laughs> not bitter at all. Uh, okay, our next question is from Clifton, who said, what are your expectations for the new-look defense under Todd Bowles? Well, I expect it to be – you know, I always feel kind of silly saying this word, but multiple, you know, that – 
there's going to be a lot going on. I think it's going to be – I know that because he said it several times. I know Coach Bowles and his staff, their goal – one of their main goals is to – make the offense not understand what's going on. You know, they, they want to look like they're doing one thing and then do something else. Right. And, and, you know, he, he'll say it all the time about people will say he's got a, a wide variety of blitzes, and they'll say, well, they're not all technically blitzes because if you're thinking four is the usual that you rush the quarterback and you end up rushing four, it's not a blitz. Right. It's just that maybe the safety came and, and this linebacker dropped back or something like that. So I think right. it'll be really – it'll be a wide variety of things going on. It'll be very aggressive, which our defenses, let's be honest, haven't been at the top of the league in terms of aggressiveness. We played a lot of off coverage and so on. And it'll be more physical at the line of scrimmage with the secondary. And that's, again, something new. So it's all going to be new. There's no guarantee that it works out. I, I have a very, very good feeling about it because of Todd Bowles and his history and, and all that. But there's no, no guarantee, of course, it'll work out. But I'm really looking forward to it because it's going to be different than anything we've right. seen in a long time. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, this is an interesting question. Rawl asked, who helps the rookies with finding housing and accommodations for the season? Well, we have Duke Preston. I'm sure he's involved in that. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't get his title director. Is it director of player programs? I think so, yeah. Okay. Um, every team has at least one person in that sort of role, and he has somebody helping him as well. So um, there's probably other resources, but he's the main guy when it comes to helping players with anything, anything in their life that isn't on the field right and it, it is really cool for people who don't know the rookie <coughs> program that he puts on is is really awesome i get to go to a lot of those events and um they do everything from etiquette classes to cooking classes to have financial people come in people from the nfl league benefits office i mean it's just crazy how much they help set them up for things that i think yeah. people probably wouldn't realize i mean you know we all forget the transition from college mm -hmm. to being a professional is, is tough and it's a very different one when yeah. you're coming into the NFL world and yeah they do a great job of figuring out all the different ways to set these guys up for success and it helps the rookies bond a lot too they spend so much time together in that program that they're not now coming in just not knowing anybody and find find their guys there so it's pretty cool I think teams realized quite some time ago that that how hard that transition is mm -hmm. and how easy it is for guys who are getting well some not everybody but some of them are getting money unlike any they've ever seen before right. as you and I both would too yep. if we got yep. a player salary I would be willing to give it a shot <laughs> you know just see how I do with it so you know? I think they realize that it's difficult and it it makes sense to give these guys as many resources as you can and so there's resources available to these guys to really succeed off the field and stay away from problems yeah which is awesome um we had a question from michael who said are they looking to do anything else at the running back position or are they going to stand pat with who they have now oh i think stand pat um you know we, i think we talk about this every week the coaches have said that they uh you know coach arian said that he thought upon watching the tape of peyton barber last year that he was actually even better than he'd expected to see. So he's high on him. And then everybody's been raving about Ronald Jones. The offseason program's over now. But throughout the offseason program, everybody's raving about how confident he was, how much better he looked. So uh, if those two – I mean, remember, going into last year, we thought that was going to be a real nice combination. Mm -hmm. So there's reason – if you believe in those two guys, then you still have a nice combination. Then you got some some good options. I know he's talked about Sean Wilson as, as being a potential third down back, and, and he could be involved in the return game. Andre Ellington obviously knows what's going on. If he's still got anything left, he'd be a good third down back as well. And then there's the rookie from North Dakota State, I believe, um, Bruce Anderson. Anderson, yep. And, uh, you know, I know when they got him as an undrafted rookie, they were excited about that. He's mm -hmm. got natural hands. So, again, there's a lot of options as a third down back kind of guy. So uh, I think some of them would have to make an impact on special teams in order to, A, make the roster and be active on game day. Uh, but – I think they're pretty happy with the mix that they got right now. That's true. Yeah, that's a great I'll point. I'll tell you one thing. 
I'm not a big fan of in-season trades, and they don't happen very often. But if there's one position where you could probably trade for a guy in the middle of the season and he could fit right in, mm-hmm. it's running back. Because running back's jobs, they have to learn plays, obviously, and they have to learn protection schemes. But those aren't all that di- much different from team to team. So yeah, that's the reason why you see rookie running backs making instant impacts where it often takes like a receiver or a tight right. end a couple of years because they can assimilate pretty quickly. So, you know, if if it doesn't work out like the coaches think it is, that may be a position where you look for help after you've found out that it's not working out. Right. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. Um, Justin wants to know when we get to practice in pads. It's going to be the third day of training camp, I believe. So the Sunday practice. For some reason, I feel like it's the Monday practice, even though it's usually the third day of camp. So the first day of, of practice in camp is the 29th. No, 26th, I think, and it's mm-hmm. a Friday. And then so usually you, you can't, by rules, do pads in the first two days, but you can start in the third day. So off the top of my head, I'm going to say it's Sunday the 28th, but for some reason there's a little nagging thought in my head that it was the fourth day. So it's either the third or okay. fourth day of training camp. Uh, Rob wanted to know who um, you think will be the starting kicker and how it will go this year <laughs> as compared to last year. Well, the starting kicker will be the kicker. Yes. We'll just have one of them. Um, well, I got to believe that they are being straight when they say this is a straight up competition. That said, your most recent and your larger, not by a huge amount, but your larger um, investment in the position is Matt Gay, both in terms of you invested a fifth round pick, and I think um, it wasn't, it, it's not a huge hit for either guy if they get cut in terms of a salary cap, but I guess it's a little more for Matt Gay. I just don't think you draft Matt Gay in the fifth round hoping that he gets beat out by Cairo. Right. If he does get it beat out by Cairo, then I guess that means Cairo was great. And then you're happy yeah. because you have a kicker you're excited yeah, about. Yeah, and that's, so that's good. And so right. I'm in no way discounting Cairo, but if you're going to ask me the question and I'm going to pick one or the other, I'll go with Matt Kay. And he has looked good out there. Cairo has too. Mm-hmm. But, you you know, the one thing that Cairo has is he's proven he can kick in the NFL. He's made clutch kicks, as a right. matter of fact. And Matt Gay um, looks awesome. He's got a huge leg. He can, he's making big kicks, or he was out there. But he uh, doesn't have the experience yet, so they both have something, right? And Matt Gay is kind of a bigger guy with a bigger leg, right? But he doesn't hasn't yet proven that he's an NFL kicker. I think there's a lot of optimism that he will be a very good NFL kicker. Mm-hmm. But that's the advantage that Cairo has. So. Okay. And and I you know I really like Cairo. I think he's taken a great approach to this. He he's welcoming the competition. He says competition always makes him better. So that's a good thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, Rocco said, "Do you think OJ Howard <coughs> finishes the season a top five tight end?" I'll go ahead and just add in the of course. Assuming he's healthy. Okay, that's what I was going to yeah, start with. Yeah, and I'm taking that <laughs> off your off your plate because that's the easy the easy answer always. So assuming he stays healthy the whole year, do you think he is a top five tight end? It's going to be. I would think he'd be right there on the cusp of that, right either in or out. Because I mean, you're still going to get guys. You know that guys like Kelsey in in um, Kansas City and Ertz in Philadelphia and Kittle in San Francisco. You know those guys are going to put up big numbers. There's just no doubt. They're just too big a part. They're very talented, but they're also a huge part of their respective offenses. So I think those three are at the top regardless. Mm-hmm. So now you got OJ competing, f- if we're talking the top five spot, competing with guys like, I'm probably not going to think of all of them, um, uh, the, the, his fellow draftee in 2017, Evan Ingram, mm-hmm. in, in the, with the Giants. Uh, they're not going to all come to mind right now. There's, right. there's a number of other tight ends that I think are around in the same group. I think OJ is probably as talented as those three guys that I mentioned. So at some point, he's going to break into the same level, pr- level of production as it could be this year. Uh, so, yes, I'll say the only the only reason I would say that you would be hesitant that he would be in the top five if we're just simply talking statistics is we also have Cam Brate. Right. Presumably a healthy Cam Brate, which we didn't have last year. And, it, you know, if both guys are getting targets, then – 
neither guy is going to get as much as, say, George Kittle would in right. San Francisco. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Steven wants to know, do you think there will be any other changes to the offensive line? I'm going to go with no. I think we're going to end up starting the five that we have been starting throughout the offseason, and that's the obvious ones. Donovan Smith, a left tackle, Armar Pett, a left guard, Brian Jensen at center. On the right side, you have the right guard spot, which is going to be different from last year because it's not going to be Caleb Beninock. And Alex Kappa, the second-year guy who we drafted in the third round uh, the, the year before, he's been filling that spot, and I think they've been happy with him. But, of course, you can't tell when they don't have pads on and they're not hitting each other. Right. You, can, you can say, hey, the guy's getting all his assignments right, and he's got a quick first step, or his hand placement is good or whatever, but – is he going to stand up as a block? We don't know until the pad's gone. But I, I know that's what they would want to have happen. Right. I'm going to go ahead and say that is what happens and that DeMar Dotson remains the right tackle too. I, he's, you know, compared to the rest of the guys, he's up there. He's, right. he's been a good player for us for a long time. Uh, I just don't think there's necessarily a guy knocking on the door to take his job away from him right now. Okay. Uh, and we'll close with this one. Mike wants to know, with our personnel, could we go four wide with Evans, got, uh, I think he means Godwin, OJ and Cam allowing us to run the ball better, mm -hmm. having two tight ends split wide. Yeah, that's what you would call 21 personnel. And uh, I think we would definitely do that. I, I, the Bucks last year did it about 20% of the time, which is around league average. Um, so you'll definitely see that formation, undoubtedly. And, and he's right. The great thing about that is it's harder to guess from the personnel package whether it's going to be a run or a pass. Right. And because either one of those guys can go out or they can both stay in and block. So 100% we'll be using 21 personnel. Okay. Well, thanks so much for joining us on this edition of Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite. We'll be back here for multiple more of these before training camp. So make sure you're thinking about all those questions you have burning before we see those guys <laughs> finally get on the field and right. take on those pads. We'll see you next time.